Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Derek. What's up, Derek? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, We got the Bengals in the Super Bowl. No, I'm not from here, Jeremy. I'm not from here. Oh, you're not? No, I'm not from here. Yeah, you didn't know this, but uh, I moved here from a place called Nolens. That's what we call it down there. Nolens. I don't know where you're at right now, but I know where you got them shoes. Where? Where, where, Jeremy? Uh, Foot Locker. Foot Locker. That's that's true. Uh, Actually, today I'm wearing uh, a grant. What is this brand? Uh, Hanes. Hanes. (laughs) Hanes. <laughs> uh, I'm wearing these Hanes slippers. Hanes? Those slippers. There you yeah. go. Amazon. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, Amazon. Just, I'm, just, I'm just riding dirty today. That's what they say. <laughs> riding dirty, baby. Um, uh, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Actually, I think by the time we release this, the Bengals would have either won or lost the Super Bowl. So, uh, who day for all those Cincinnati fans out there? Who dat for everybody back home in New Orleans? Uh, sorry this wasn't your year. But, um, you know. It is what it is. Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> All right. So, Derek, uh, we got a little thing um, we're talking about from a, a user-suggested uh, topic. Yeah. User, listener-suggested topic. Yeah. <laughs> we had a fan actually suggest this. Um, someone I work with uh, on my team at work, and they found out about the podcast, listened to a few, and, and realized there was one thing we didn't talk about. And they were new to the team, and they were like, have you guys ever talked about what it's like being new and some of the things that could help a new person who's joining a team. And I we was like, not. we haven't. We talked about talking about it. Yeah. It's on our topic list. We have a spreadsheet <laughs> with all the topics that we could potentially talk about. And it's on the list. And now we get to check it off. I love checking things off. So uh, listener suggestion, uh, check. Here love we go. It. All right. So joining a team for the first time. Yeah. We had to do that recently, Derek. Oh, that's true. That's true. So it's a little fresh on our minds, which yeah. is good. <laughs> well, uh, recently, when I say yeah. recently, I really mean like a year and a half, a year ago. Was it May-ish, 2020? Yeah. Time goes very fast now. So Time goes by. Yeah. So um, so I guess, you know, we can approach this a number of ways. Um, but, you know, it would be cool to kind of look at the phases of how you join a team. So, Jeremy, what's, okay. the, first, what's the first phase? Well, let's see. For me personally, um, the phase, the first thing I do, and this is really sort of like a UX kind of process as well, is, um, you know, contextualize, understand the environment, both physical, digital, learning who the people are, right? All those things, kind of following a UX process to understand a, a problem. Very similar to this approach, I think. Finding out first, you know, clearly there's like very simple things. Like if you have an office, if you aren't uh, working remote, you got to learn the physical environment. Where do you park your car? Where's my desk? Where's the uh, break room? Where's the coffee machine? That's ho- hopefully there's a coffee machine. Where's mm-hmm. the coffee machine in the bathroom? Um, where's the emergency exits in case I need to escape because of a fire or something? Yeah, you got to know all the safety stuff. But the most important mm-hmm. thing is if you're in a building with more than one floor, you got to know where the good bathroom is. That's the That's thing. We used, the to call, we used to call it the Cadillac. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, had, going down uh, to the so Cadillac. In our old office, we had four floors of a high-rise office building, and uh, most of the bathrooms were were small little two or three stalls. 
Uh, but there's one that was built really for uh, guests, I guess. It was a giant bathroom, very well kept, <laughs> always clean. Uh, and that that's the Cadillac bathroom that Derek is referring to. I totally forgot about that, Derek. Thank I you for I used to love that me. thing. Man. And then it started to get kind of cruddy toward the end. Because well, everyone used thing. it. That's, that's right. It, everyone man. would go and, and use it. I shouldn't have told people about the Cadillac. Anyway, so yeah, so what what are some other things you can really uh, focus on, kind of maybe even before you get to the office or maybe in then that first day, first week? Yeah, well, okay, if, if I'm joining a new team, let's assume we're joining a new company altogether. Okay. Right? New company. I don't know anything about this business. Maybe I've done some research doing the interview. Um, but before, you know, assume we've got the job, we've got the paperwork, we've got our computer, we've got all the stuff we need to do, all the, all the table stakes stuff that you just have to, you know, kind of deal with. Um, you start to learn the business. What's the business? What does this company do? How does it make money? Mm. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a UX designer at a company like that, you have to understand the business because you're, the whole point of your job is to help bring value back to the business, right? I mean, users obviously are important, but if you're not adding value back to the business, you know, they're, they're not going to keep paying you clearly. Uh, and so understanding the business, how does the business make money? What is the business processes? Um, you know, what, what are our, how do our customers interact with the business? Where, you know, how does that business make money? All the, all those things I think is really important. Probably do a lot of that research. If it's a big company, you can do that research on online on Google, perhaps if it's a smaller company, maybe you need to ask uh, somebody at work for some of those things. Um, and if you can't find it online, perhaps it's something I would try to do the first week. Yeah, that's a good one. I, the the tough thing for developers is that they sometimes feel like I'm going to this company and they're going to give me a set of tasks and I'm going to do the work. But if you want to get in a place where you aren't feeling like an order taker every day, yep. take Jeremy's recommendation. Learn what your business does. Learn what your product does. Learn how it serves mm -hmm. people. Learn how many users it has. How many people use it every day. Ask these questions, and if nobody knows the answer, these should be kind of red flags already. So as you as you progress through your you know your first day, first week, ask some probing questions. First of all, people if they don't want to answer your questions, that's an indication of an unhealthy organization. Mm, you may have made the wrong decision. Next, I would say, Derek, you've got to learn the players, mm. right? Now, this is not just the people on your team. Okay. This is something I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about, but this is something I would say UX designers out there, right? This is something important for you. And I would even say, just like to your point, developers who don't want to be order takers, you probably won't have a ton of influence, if, especially if you're just joining the team. You probably won't have a ton of influence if you're just a UX designer, a lowly UX designer. You're not a director. You're not senior level, whatever. Maybe you're a junior. You've got a lot of ideas. You're smart. You've got a lot of opinions. And you want to change people's mind about things. You have to understand who the people are, the players, your team, the you know, quote unquote team, the other pe the other side's team, the people who you may your team might regularly butt heads with, right? Often in in a lot of places, this isn't always true, but in a lot of places, the product team and the engineering teams constantly at it. The the product team and the UX team are constantly fighting, or the engineers and the UX are constantly fighting, right? This them versus us kind of thing. Understanding who all of those various players are, who has whose ear. You know, kind of almost like Game of Thrones in a way, right? Not except we're not going to be murdering anybody, obviously. Oh. But, uh, you know, hopefully. But in a way, it's it's kind of that sort of game of politics, but in a good way, because I, I would say learn this not so you can manipulate it to your advantage and, and manipulate people, but to know if, you know, for instance, I'll give you an example. This is something I've been talking about at work recently. We're trying to figure out a new analytics tool. And in the past, we've been using Adobe Analytics. 
And there's conversation around using different analytics tools that are really geared towards products like applications, whereas Adobe Google Analytics tend to be more for commercial apps or commercial websites, rather, things like that, right? So there, But there's also very specific product-focused analytics tools. Now, that requires money. It requires purchasing things. It might require security checks and all these various things. And you could go the easy path of just continuing to do the thing that you've always done. Or if you really think this new tool is better and would better suit the team in the long run, you've got to know who to talk to, who controls the money, who, who controls the ear of the person who controls the money? Who do people listen to? Who do people not listen to? Who do people trust? Who do people not trust? Um, and, and, and learning those systems and kind of navigating all those players and people, I think, is really important. And you can do that in multiple ways. One, I think, is setting up one-on-one to get to know, you know, kind of thing. Hey, this is me. I'm here. This is my role. This is my expectation of the role. What do you expect out of this role from me? Um, what, in this role, what do you generally expect out of this person? What would you, you know, kind of deliverables, what do you, you know, timeline, things, whatever, whatever kind of stuff you might want to know. And you can start to learn some of these things. Maybe, you know, I, maybe, I don't want to say map it out on a board with like a serial killer with string and like pictures and stuff, but kind of keep like a mental map of who the teams are and, and who interacts with who on a regular basis and all those things. And understanding that will help you better adjust to that team and that ecosystem, that context. And over time, you'll start to understand, oh, this person always does this and this person always tends to have this argument or, you know, they, they tend to argue in this way or they want to communicate in this way or that way and things like that. Jeremy, so what you described is something I've called for a long time the game. Mm. Every single team you join will have a different set of expectations. Many of mm, them yeah. will be implicit. Many yeah, of true. the things that are happening on the team are happening because water decided to flow one way and it continued to flow that way over the course of the years. The game is, which really interesting in the way Jeremy mentioned players. So there are players in the game. There are also rules to the game. And you don't have to think of it as politics, like uh, yeah, I'm going to trick people into doing what I want or yeah. anything like that, anything malicious. I think that's funny because the politics has a negative connotation, right? People always talk about, oh, big companies, all the politics. Like, there's politics in small. I've worked at a startup with eight people. There were politics. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, the, the, the size of the company certainly doesn't change the fact that there are politics. There's politics involved with two people negotiating one thing versus another, give and take. I mean, partners in a, in a company, still, so there's politics in there. Um, so the politics gets a negative connotation. I don't mean it in a way like, you know, House of Cards type politicking where you're trying to manipulate people and take advantage of them. That's certainly not the case at all. And I think maybe to your point, Derek, game has a more playful connotation, <laughs> a less negative connotation uh, when you say that kind of thing. I do. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So like when you yeah, join like a team, uh, the game is also how does the software get released? Mm -hmm. Not just deployed, but how does it get released? Mm -hmm. How do customers learn about it? What's mm -hmm. the game there? If you play games, uh, as many uh, of us nerds who join software companies do, you know that um, there are different kinds of games, right? So like you'll you'll join a team and like sometimes things will be really complicated. And sometimes yeah. things will be just Mario jumping over a few pipes. And you're like, wow, mm -hmm. this is actually no big deal. This actually needs more complication because it's not—it's it's too yeah. simple. It's too simple. Uh, They're—they're—they're they're, they're screwing things up, but uh, usually that's not the case. 
Um, <laughs> the other thing you mentioned was, you know, you may not want to be a serial killer on a wall drawing all this you don't out. You be a first-person shooter. <laughs> I would recommend you give it a try to practice abstract thinking and, and draw mm-hmm. the organization the way you see yeah. it in your head. So yeah. draw circles, draw squares on a boxes, how things connect. This, these people connect yeah. to this people. And do it a couple times and see if you visualizing it helps you come to terms with that's why she always asks for that at 6 a.m. Yeah. That's why they can never talk because they're on different sides of the world. It's helpful to like put – if yeah. ever there's a boundary, so like a time boundary, put a, put a line and then put one team on the other side. And then realize that, oh, so it takes them this long to get information from one to the other. That kind of thing. Yeah. I really enjoy that. that. Now, you know what I do? I actually, I have an Envision board that I always mm-hmm. share and go over with, actually, uh, with new hires. So anytime I, I onboard a new UXer on my team, one of the first things that we do is we highlight all the various products, the TPMs that are on them, who reports to who, um, what the functionality is and how the functionality might have dependencies across various features. Um, you know, what engineering teams work with who, who's, who's boss is who, um, you know, this person, for instance, this guy likes to do this and this woman likes to do this and she does this and he does this and talk about various people, like not in a, not, not in a negative way by any means, right? Like, no, like, oh, this person's such a jerk. No, that That's not the conversation at all. But it's a lot of times, just like you said, this person is in India. So if you want to talk to them, you're going to have to schedule something that's either early for you or very late for them. And it's going to be very difficult to, to chat with them. So maybe you want to chat with them asynchronously via chat, uh, Slack or something, or Teams or email or something, you know, um, or this person's always in meetings. And so you might have a hard time getting a hold of them. So make sure you schedule meetings weeks in advance because their schedule books up. We always review that and, and, and talk about that, and that gets to show you know some of the various players and, and, and the systems and, and all those things kind of knock them out all at once. But um, I find those very helpful. So you know I know we're talking about joining a new team, but perhaps it's worth also talking about, Derek, when someone joins your team. Ooh, yeah. And how can you help facilitate uh, their joining of the team? And maybe that's a whole separate part. Maybe that's part two. It'll do part uh, two, yeah. You know, I think uh, in that case, though, this is again like something. If if these people don't ask, maybe they don't know to ask, right? So uh, I think it's important to maybe help them along in some of these ways. Yeah, and it just and and when you start, that's out there. I think would love to do that, Jeremy. By the way, um, the the thing that I would recommend to anybody joining the team as well is questions are your weapon. So just mm-hmm. think about it like that. Like when you join a team, you don't have any any swords, any shields. You don't know how the game works. So the only weapon you have is questions. And so you when you first chest yet, exactly, you have to figure out what's going on. And you're going to feel uncomfortable asking so many questions so quickly. Mm-hmm. But it, you have to push through it. That's the most important. That's your job for like the first month. Is basically just asking questions. You know, you mentioned that, and I think a lot of people, they feel silly, like you said, asking questions. Mm-hmm. Flipping it around, for me, I feel like something's wrong when I get someone on my team who's not asking any questions. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, did I hire the right person? <laughs> like, I hired this person because I thought they would be very inquisitive and want to learn more and want to grow. And suddenly they're not asking any questions. Like, how, how are you here? And there's no way you, you don't have any questions. Are you not trying? Are you, you know, what's... So I think uh, think about that if you're joining a team and you're afraid to ask questions. Think about what it looks like if you don't ask any questions. Right. I know. That will become a problem on a team sometimes. Uh, yeah. People you know. who don't want to yeah, just assume yeah. things or whatever. Yeah. 
So, so that's something. Um, you know, this is maybe hard to do for you personally, uh, and maybe this is something. If we do end up talking about how do you how do you help facilitate a new member coming onto your team? Um, but I was recently listening to an episode of the Crazy One podcast. Who's uh, if you anyone out there hasn't listened to Stephen Gates? He's got this podcast called The Crazy One. And he's like a, I think he's UX director at Weight Watchers, formerly Weight Watchers, now WW, I think is what it's called. Anyway, he has a podcast, talks about UX stuff, but one of the recent episodes was about working remotely and how do you, how do you build a team culture remotely? Mm. What are some things that you can do to help build a, a team culture when you're not actually meeting anyone in person? And you know, it's funny, like I never really thought about this, Derek, but I'm kind of going off on a tangent now. But recently we had someone leave our team who was in Atlanta and he started fully remote. Never met him. He worked with us for about a year, Hmm. six months, eight months, uh, about a year or so. Never met him. I didn't even realize that. He was the first person to leave that was fully remote the whole time and I never met him, which is weird. You know, I thought about it afterwards, like, that's the first time that's happened to me. I've never worked with any company anywhere where I've someone has worked with me for a while and left and I've never met them in person. Uh, and so that's going to become the norm now. I mean, that's going to be pretty standard going forward. There's going to be people coming and going who you will never meet in person. And so this this whole idea of team building and culture building remotely, I think, is going to become very critical. And we can't really rely on the old ways of networking and the old ways of building teams like we used to. Yeah. Anyway, Stephen had a bunch of really cool ideas that I liked that um, would really be on the the manager's team or the the team's uh, the team's responsibility to put these things together. But one of the things I thought was really interesting was doing um, like all these kind of uh, team building exercises. One of the things was like a cribs, you know, uh, work from home cribs <laughs> or remote cribs, where you where you like kind of show people your office or your desk or, you know, you don't have to show them your whole house if it's dirty, you don't have to clean up. It's not, not to feel obligated to like clean your house, but show off your knickknacks on your shelf or, you know, show various things. Like for instance, you could show off all your sound, uh, all your music equipment and your sound, the stuff you've installed. Right. Or like I could show off my closet <laughs> and my, the shelves I've built in here. Um, you know, uh, all that stuff. So that kind of thing is kind of neat. You get to see people. The other thing I thought was really cool, and I think this is, again, something that your your manager would need to facilitate, but building a library of everyone on the team uh, personality results, personality traits. So doing the same personality test. Everybody does the same personality test. And from there, you can understand this person likes to communicate this way. So if I want to communicate with him, I should wait until he's had his first coffee in the morning, <laughs> right? Or this woman doesn't like long emails. She likes very bulleted, very short bulleted bullet lists. If I'm going to communicate with her, that's how she wants to communicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so over time, as you onboard a new person, you can direct them to this library and say, here, all the people on our team, they filled this out. Go and read, go and read up on your team. And go and see how they like to communicate. And you would also fill one out so that everybody on your team would know how to how you like to communicate, how you want to work with them. That's great. Right? Which I think is a brilliant idea. That's great. I want to do that. I'm gonna actually. I'm yeah. gonna, I might actually do that. And well, I'll let you there know you go, if it, how it pans out. I'll link to Stephen's episode in the show notes. He's, he's got a lot of really cool ideas in there. One of the things we did recently, which I hadn't done this, but uh, we had a new uh, woman join our team, Tanya. Shout out to Tanya. She mm-hmm. did a thing. I don't know where she got this idea, but she, she did a bingo <laughs> where she put together a bingo board, like a five-by-five five tile with a free space in the middle, all the things she likes. And everybody did a bingo tile or bingo card where they, they marked off what they also like. And the first person who yelled bingo 
you know, one, I don't think won anything, but, uh, anyway, just kind of cool way to see, you know, Oh, I like this. I like dogs. I like, I have an SUV. I go to the mountains. I like to go camping, whatever. And, um, you can see everybody else, like who likes what and who likes the things you have and stuff. It's kind of neat. That's great. No, it's, it's, there's a, there's an aspect of, and I've been dealing with this personally recently with, uh, just social stuff. Like that's where I made all my friends, you know, that's how we met really. I mean, we guess we met at a friend's house long before we were working together, but like, yeah, yeah. but, but I met a lot of my friends at work and now I don't feel like I can do that anymore. And so if you are remote and everything's social, everything social about your life was at work before, you now have to kind of readjust. And that can be very mm-hmm. challenging. Um, what I've been doing recently to try to help myself cope is, um, first I talked to someone about it, and then uh, they gave <laughs> me an me. idea of make a decision whether you want to invest in your organization or whether it's time for you to move off and go do something else and with another team or whatever. And like, I thought I was thinking about what's what do I enjoy about work? Like what is the fun stuff? It is all the social stuff. So we have Slack. So I was like, yeah. does anybody here record music? And I made and I and I was like, somebody boasted like, no, we we should create us to Slack for that. Now everybody we got these people talking about all their equipment. Does anyone play basketball? Oh yeah, we have this other thing where we we're talk about basketball mm-hmm. and like just yeah, there's um you gotta be creative about it, but you also have to be incredibly intentional about your social interactions when you're remote. That becomes very challenging. Everything is intentional, which feels weird because at work you go in the yeah. break room. Oh, I didn't know you were you here just, today. Yeah, you just overhear somebody yeah. talking about playing music or playing yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's like some political thing and you're like, that's an idiot. I always knew it, you know. Um, <laughs> you voted for Trump? Get yeah. out! <laughs> that's, what <it's> <laughs> that's, that's what Jeremy says. Get out! I, I, don't, I don't speak about politics on the air here. No, um, but yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, so it's just the intention, the intentional... Being intentional is really important, and um, it, it can really help to, to just have that in your head. Like, I'm going to invest in this team. I'm going to invest my time, my energy into being social with this group and try to make some friends because right now it's super hard to do that, you know, because yeah. uh, you're 30 minutes. You know, meetings. so the thing about the social stuff, I think also really important. I think one of the things thinking about remote. This is really interesting. I was also, I listened to a lot of podcasts, Derek. So I was listening to this other podcast the other day uh, from UX Cavan, this product design podcast, and they interviewed this guy. I uh, cannot remember his name. Uh, what is his name? I can't remember his name. Anyway, one of the things he actually talked about, which was really funny, and I, I thought this was brilliant, was like, you know, all these people coming in, they all want to learn their craft and they want to be great developers or great designers and they want to be the best designer they can be. But they all forget about just like the normal stuff, like show up to work on time. <laughs> Show up to meetings on time. Do your work. Get your work done. Right? Do all these other things that like your grandpa would have told you like, yeah. you know, when you were growing up. Like everybody forgets about that stuff, right? But it's so important. It's so important. Just the old school normal stuff, you know, wipe your nose, take a shower, <laughs> put on deodorant. Hey, you know, leave all me alone. these things. There's like so, you know, if you're if you're remote, I guess I'm it kidding, matter. I'm kidding. Um, you know, but you're going to an office, whatever, right? It doesn't matter. But like that's the thing with remote work too. It's so easy to just fade into the background and never never talk on Slack or Teams or whatever chat app you use. You know, be present. There right? it is. Be present. There it um, is. be be around, be available, answer questions. If someone has a question, be, be available and, and, and do your job and get your work done and, and do what you say you're going to do. 
You know, don't overcommit. Don't don't say you're going to do yes to everything and then not be able to handle it. If you if you can't handle it, speak up. Yeah. Say say so. Like all these things that like your your grandpa, your dad would have like told you to do uh when you're a kid, you're just like, "Ah, eh, whatever, old man, I don't care." You know, these things are so important and um I think a lot of people forget about those things, you know. I think they do, especially now when the like the expectations are different. Uh your grandpa would never have had to show up to a Zoom meeting. Um, True. you know, so it's like, oh, but okay, you know maybe what? it's different. If he did, he would have showed up on time. He would have shown up on, he would have figured you know, he out how to have been show up five minutes time. late. I mean, and I look, I'm, I'm dude, I've had meetings back to back all day today, literally all day. Um, mm-hmm. I have a meeting right after this. I've, I've had meetings all day and I, I was late for most of them because the last one ran over, you know? So it's like, you know, so, that's kind of one of those things I should be better about managing my time and say, Hey, I've got to run. I have you know five minutes in I, or five minutes left. Listen, is everything I got to go? I got to, don't want to be late for my next meeting. So in, I was joined a meeting recently. Uh, it's funny you say that. Uh, where they talked about um, it, it's basically being uh, being a respectful meeting, uh, respectful meter, uh, mm-hmm. and there were all kinds of things that uh, my team's not doing, and there are a lot of other teams that aren't doing this. Like, um, be the but be the this is it. If you're new to a team, be the one who introduces things to improve yeah. the team. Oh, yeah. Like this, like for example, you come to a team, people schedule meetings, they always run over. Hey guys, what if we had, what if we scheduled our meetings to end five minutes early? There's actually yeah. a thing in Outlook where you can force the meetings to end five minutes early. They added it recently. It's really? like end meetings early. Now, is it on a Mac? No, thanks. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but you can. But you I, was can gonna, look, I was like, I have never seen that. But I've you can look. You can okay. maybe they added it recently. And it's like some update, but um, I looked around for it, couldn't find it. But that that is that is important. Also, send a pre-read. For your yeah. meetings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take the effort to do a little more, little more preparation, a little more grandpa work. Yeah. That's that's what I'm going to start calling it. Do you do your grandpa's work. duty? <laughs> you know, do your grandpa it. work. All right. Because if you don't do that, you're that's not going to get idea. that base level of respect because everybody else has been working on the team for so long and they've set expectations with each other. They have no yeah. expectations with you. They expect you to do yeah. everything Yeah. you say, you know? And if you don't, you're well, going to be the, oh, he never, he never shows up on time, whatever. She yeah. Well, you know, these are, these are, we're, we're getting past, I think, uh, the new to the team. These are things people should just do in general. But I think, <laughs> right. I, I think the point though, Derek, that you're making though, I think is, is certainly good. Like this is a way to f- start fresh. Yeah. You know, starting over. Nobody knows what you used to do at your old job. Right. Right. You yeah. could have been late for every meeting. You could have been late constantly. You could have never worn shoes and deodorant and everyone thought you smelled bad. You got a chance to start over <laughs> in this new role. So you know, put on your proverbial shoes and put on your proverbial deodorant and, and comb your hair and 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 just, you know, uh, respect your team and they'll respect you back. So speaking that's... of respect, I'm going to I'm going to shout out a guy who I don't know if he's a listener, probably not, because um, I took his 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 copy of Demon Souls and never gave it back. Um, PS3. <laughs> um, Colin, if you're out there, uh, sorry about that. But uh, there's a gentleman named Colin I used to work with and I went. I was working with him and I was talking to him. I was very close to him. And he said, I'm sorry. I just, I can't continue this conversation. He's like, I'm focusing too much on your nose hair. And I'm like, my nose hair? And he was like, he's like, yeah, you, you got you got to take care of that. I, I, can't, I can't talk to you. <laughs> uh, so you just never know what's going to trigger somebody. Yeah, bring bring a little clippers in your... In yeah, your always bring bags. clippers for your nose hairs. Um, and you know, Jeremy, we yeah. talk about this a lot. There, there is something, like, let's say you're having a problem and... 
your your team is kind of feeling like oh they're pulling away from you can't you can't ever grasp what is the one thing you can do to kind of really bring everything back together i think we've talked about this a number of times uh bring them king cake tickling Oh, so if you have a if you have a real trouble with your team, just get them all in a room. Jesus. All right, one at, one at, one oh, after man. the other. Just a little tickle. It doesn't have to be too serious. Right. Just a little. So in my tickle. defense, uh, yeah. I would consider bringing king cake, tickling their taste buds. All so, right, that's fair. That's fair. You know? um, so you know that's out there. So just, oh, that's man. an option. By um, the way, Derek, uh, I think we've I think we're I think we're talked about everything we we got. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go off in a second. But uh, up here in Cincinnati area. Buskin king cakes, dude. Have you had one of these yet? I have not. They are, I'm not going to lie, not as good as New Orleans king cakes, <laughs> but they are very good for a Midwest king cake. I'll say that. All I, right. I, I ate most of it myself. <laughs> they even come with a baby. And uh, the ones this year in Cincinnati area, they have a uh, burrow, uh, like it's all a bunch of burrow stuff, you know? Oh, that's uh, great. Baby burrow, baby Joey, like a little thing. They have like a little uh, baby in it. And they put it's all uh, I almost said black and gold. It's all uh, black and orange, and they have some Mardi Gras beads and stuff on it. Uh, and they're not bad. It's like sixteen bucks, which is cheaper than king cakes in New Orleans. Damn, so, that's good. Uh, you know, I would. Say it's better than Rouse's. It's better than Rouse's. King better than Rouse's. The, the people's king cake. Yeah, it is. It's better. <laughs> it's better than Rouse's, man. Oh wow. Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go try Buskin. Check all right, Buskin. Yeah, they got all, right. all over the place. All right. Uh, anyway. Cool deal, yeah, man. Well, because Amy was, you'd appreciate this. Amy called around and she was trying to find places that sold king cakes. Mm-hmm. And she called one place, uh, I think it was Cervati, I'm not sure. And it was like, when do you guys start selling king cakes? And the woman was like, well, we don't start, we don't start selling them until 40 days after Mardi Gras. <laughs> like, I think that's Easter. I think uh, you're not supposed to sell <laughs> Mardi Gras. You're not supposed to sell king cakes uh, during Easter. That's um, the whole point of Mardi Gras is to eat a bunch of king cakes before Lent. So, <laughs> you know, she clearly didn't understand. Bless her heart. It's okay. I'm sure she meant well. I'm sure she's, try- she's <laughs> but, trying her whatever. best. She's from Ohio. As, as always. You know. yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, we got to kick out of it. If you're listening out there, lady at the King Cake Place, we're very, very sorry. <laughs> yeah, she did actually message me about uh, how much she liked the last episode. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, cool. if you're listening, Buskin, go get one. You got it, man. Well, Jeremy, this has been a real treat. Always good to see you. Always good to talk to you. Absolutely, man. Fingers crossed for the Super Bowl this weekend. Yeah, you're right. And uh, Amy and I, we don't have a, a cable. So we have to go try to find, hopefully, uh, we can find some an HD antenna to plug in so we can get uh, the game oh. on our TV. We don't have uh, any way to watch it. We can listen to the radio, I guess, like old school, like they did in the 60s. All right, Derek, it was good talking to you, man. You and uh, as always, check us out on RetroTimePodcast.com. Get yourself some stickers, RetroTimePodcast.com slash stickers. Check out those review jams. We got one more to write, Derek. We got a new five star review. So excited! So we'll have one of those soon. So Derek is on it. He's already started, and next, hopefully, next week we'll have that ready. Uh, I think that's it. I'm done. Oh, Retro Time Pod on Twitter. Don't forget, <laughs> tweet at us. Tweet at us. Star Trek basketball software. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's what we. That's what we talk about on Twitter. Just get get on there, but get on there and talk to us. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, well, they're also old-timey voices, like, yeah. like Burrow runs for three yards. <laughs> it's a touchdown. That's how they talk. Yeah, you should check it out. I'll check it out. All right. All right.